sports banners and trophies. That's what we're talking about on this episode of The Sunday Show, where we go over the key stories of the week, talk about them in a really systematic way, and put my finger on the pulse. I hope you're all well. I'm Rodney Cyrus, and this is The Sunday Show. Uh, slight change to the order of things. I was making my way home today uh, to do this very show, uh, and I noticed a sign. Please take your rubbish away. Hand-painted sign in a pop-up skateboard park in an abandoned pub car park, and I smiled. I smiled. I thought, how cute. If only a similar sign had been placed around the streets of Liverpool this week, we may have seen very different images. We may have been spared the images of rubbish being littered everywhere, scattered on the floor, scorched buildings. We may have been spared all of those things when individuals take care of their surroundings. We have spent weeks clapping street cleaners. They are the heroes of the day. A skateboard park with children, with cans and bricks and pieces of wood, pleasing themselves in terms of tricks. They have a sign that says, please take your rubbish away. I think back, I think back to a World Cup where Japanese fans were commented, or there were comments about the Japanese fans taking away their litter. It's almost as if it was a phenomenon. I have this thing, this thing in my mind when I talk about rubbish and I think about rubbish and I see it in my local park and I see it around sporting events. It was rubbish the minute you picked it up from the shelf and it had food in it. It was rubbish the minute you picked it up and it had liquid which contains alcohol. It was rubbish. It doesn't automatically become rubbish because there's nothing inside. It was rubbish at the beginning. We just give it a different name. The contributions to our society are best left unsaid in terms of certain things. And when it comes to the, the world of football, where we expect fans to contribute to the game in terms of their songs, in terms of their passion, they are the 13th man, 14th man. There's a lot less said about the rubbish that football fans leave when they have celebrated a win, when they have celebrated anything. Human beings, we're a messy, messy, messy bunch at the best of times. At the best of times. Um, one thing I will have to say in terms of the, the whole thing with regards to the rubbish, and this is the, the that's popped into my mind, is uh, it's Liverpool, after a long 30 years of waiting, uh, they have finally secured a Premier League trophy, which has released the, an enormous wave of emotions, which has resulted in rubbish uh, being scattered all over the streets of Liverpool. Uh, credit where credit is due to uh, the individuals uh, who make up that team. They have done very, very, very well. And uh, what better place to start than in Liverpool, but the rubbish was first. In terms of the key stories throughout the week, looking back at the key points, it's hard not to start with the fallout from the tennis tournament. People have forgotten a week is such a long time. The tennis tournament hosted by one of the world's most notable names in tennis, Djokovic, a world champion at numerous events, organized a tennis event in the middle of a pandemic. Who would know? 
Where it appears, it seems that virtually nothing was done to prevent something going wrong. No risk assessment. We are okay. We can do things our own way. In the middle of a pandemic, there were no measures, none taken to assess risk in relation to the coronavirus. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Tennis may be regarded as a sport where possessing a sole focus, and you have to have a sole focus, is seen as having the keys to success. But when it comes on the verge of being, let's just say, selfish and having selfishness added to this pandemic scene and scenario, it is a total lack of regards for the science, a total lack of regards for the warning, a total lack of regards for the fellow fans who attended. The likelihood of something going wrong on a good day is quite high. Add the coronavirus to this mix and then it can be very dangerous and is indeed very, very reckless indeed. Djokovic and the organisers have been criticised for their lack of safety precautions. This simply means they didn't consider testing. There's testing in football. They didn't consider taking temperatures. They're taking temperatures at school gates. They didn't consider the crowd numbers. We've been told by the Prime Minister and every other leader to keep our distance. They didn't even, they didn't even believe that there would be a risk. Trust me, there's a risk. People are wearing masks. It has been said that sometimes people are stupid. I never said it, people have said it. Having money does in no way determine someone's level of intelligence and nor will it indicate if they ever consider risk assessing anything as, as a necessity or important. But when it comes to the coronavirus, assessing risk is always at the front of the queue. This was the big story at the beginning of the week. It seems such a long time ago. But with the coronavirus pandemic, which is a global event, still on the tips of everyone's tongues, it is something to be said that when a well-known, well-versed, well-spoken tennis player believes that they can put on a tennis tournament and invite fans who are not going to be tested, who are then going to go around and hug the players and have selfie photographs and then expect nothing to go wrong, you have a you, you, you're actually on the verge of being, you know, slightly odd. That is a big mistake. From the event, two players at this point in time at the beginning of the week had openly apologised for being part of the event and taking part. Grigor Dimitrov and Borna Koric. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Both tested positive for the coronavirus after taking part in the charity event. Both after, not before, after. Both players stated they were very sorry. I'm very sorry for the pain that I caused. You know, they even took group photos, you know. So imagine finding out on Instagram, you know. So that's what's happened. You know, the good people of Instagram were able to spread the news. Dimitrov sent his message out to his fans on Instagram. Imagine being at that tennis event and then, you know, I had a you know, selfie with this guy. We were in group photos. He was hugging and he gave me an autograph and everything else. And then he sends out an Instagram message. This isn't from the organisers. It's from the, the... It doesn't make sense. It's, it's odd. It's strange. An important message to his fans that he said he, he, he was sorry. Uh, for one, I can understand, you know, but I feel sorry for the fans who attended the event 
but would also put pictures up on their Instagram feed and told their friends that they went to a tennis event and now that they would probably have to take down their picture because they were now seen with someone who had tested positive for coronavirus. I do hope there's track and trace in this country because, you know, that's the last thing you want is for them to be going on holiday somewhere. I do really, really hope that there is track and trace. This pandemic, no matter what the sporting event, no matter where we are in the world, no matter our place in the hierarchy of, of human life, it has its own agenda. The pandemic, coronavirus, does what it wants. It's not working on anyone's agenda. It's, it doesn't care about sports fixtures. It doesn't care. It just doesn't care. It doesn't care. So in the world of sport, the world of tennis, that was a stupid move by Djokovic. I can only say the word stupid so many times before it becomes offensive. It was a stupid move. So... I will say this, and I'm sure a lot of people will say this, when it comes to sport, as much as we are dying to be there as part of the crowd, and we have to be involved because, you know, sport without fans is nothing. I'll say this, please be careful. And bear in mind that this pandemic has its own agenda. It does what it wants, regardless of the money you spent on the tickets and everything else. If someone tells you that they've already had it, fine. Don't for one minute believe that they're fine. If they've had it, it doesn't mean they can't get it again because there is no scientific proof that they can't get it again. So let me put it another way. There are people who have cancer and I've never heard a cancer patient walking around saying, hey, I've had cancer. I'm not going to get it again. It doesn't work like that. Coronavirus is not like that. We don't say we never get anything again. If you have something once, you possibly will get it again. But there are people out there walking around saying, I've had coronavirus, I'm okay, I won't get it again. Stupid people. And I don't like using the word stupid, it's offensive. It's horrible. But in the world of sport, sometimes you have to say it as it is. Uh, I, I must give a shout out to Jessica Howie, Jessica, and I hope all is well. I hope all is well. Uh, the Sunday show, we are going back over the key points of the week. Sports banners and trophies. We've talked about trophies already. Liverpool winning the league. And the fans and the rubbish and everything else. But, you know, we can go back into this. Um, in terms of uh, Black Lives Matters, there's a big, big thing in terms of sport. It has gripped the world of sport. And I myself have seen comments on Twitter. I've seen comments in the news. I've seen comments from individuals where I thought I knew this person really well. But then considering what they said, I think I don't know you really well. Some of the things have been on the verge of being slightly odd. You know, some would say right wing. Some would actually even say, you need help. You need help. The experience of black people around the world within sport, outside of sport, in your local community, outside of your local community, is a real thing. So when um, earlier in the week, the article in the, the Mirror newspaper, the journalist Darren Lewis interviewed Jason Brown, the former Blackburn and Wales goalkeeper, who now lives in America. I'm not sure that's a wise thing to do, but that's where he's living. And he opened up and discussed exactly what it was like for him as a black man living in America, playing sports. So he is not just there as a, someone on holiday. He's actually, you know, involved in the community. He's contributing to the American way of life. He's a sports star. He opened up about how it was 
difficult, difficult in a better word, a better way to explain for, for him to, to live and, and exist. Um, despite his profession, he feels the pressure of being a black man in a new country, you know, because even though he may speak English, it's still slightly different. He explains in detail how he, he imposed a self-styled curfew on himself because of the fear that he has of the police. Now, when you're in a country, things change because you see things in a very different way. You're not a tourist, you're not living there. You take on board all of the things that have been said, particularly in the media and the news over there is showing things and, and displaying things that we over here don't necessarily always see. He's commented on a number of things that happened and it's interesting. He hasn't committed any crime, but he feels in fear for his safety. Just being a black, a black sports star because of the way that the police have actually handled certain scenarios with men jogging, whether it's early morning jogging, they look like they're out jogging and keeping fit. Um, it is very, very difficult. So you don't go jogging at night, you're not out alone on your own at night. He's, he's, he's keeping a curfew for himself, which is very difficult. And it is a real thing. Now, in terms of the, the banners, which we'll get onto, the sporting banners, he is a banner in himself. He's a black man. He's a banner. Being a black male in a sporting environment, he's a role model for some who want to be a goalkeeper. He's played at international level. There are young kids that want to be a goalkeeper. They've looked at him and said, we want to be a goalkeeper. But he has expressed how difficult it is for him to manage his safety in another country because of the colour of his skin. Regardless of his profession, regardless of whether he has a clean record, regardless of whether he's never committed a crime in his life, he's expressed his concerns. It is a very, very, very difficult place to live and be within the world of sport and share that knowledge openly. And some will say his colour has nothing to do with how he feels. It's just because of, you know, his uncertainty about the police and the way they're being portrayed. Well, let's say this, apart from the bad news that we've seen about the police and certain newsreels, the police have had it really good for a long time. There are so many cop programs where the cops are the good guys. They do so many good things. You know, so many, so, so many. Car chases galore where they're trying to apprehend uh, someone who's done something wrong. They're there, we see it all, the, the things they do, but it's not necessarily gonna be plain sailing for them. And when you consider the history of the indigenous people in America, he has every right to be concerned. Every right. So in terms of sports banners, I was contacted this week by a newspaper to write an article on a particular piece. And it's in relation to this. The Premier League returned without fans and not much razzmatazz. Big games, score draws and very little magic. What must fans be thinking while well, sat at home? Not much. Why are season tickets so much money if the games are so bad? Who cares? Take away the pre-match meal and the post-match drink, depending on where you start your journey, what do you actually get for it? But it's not that that we're going to talk about in terms of the fans. It's that the one thing that took centre stage, took centre stage ahead of a Premier League game, is the White Lives Matter that flew across the sky before a game. Gripping, I know, for some. And everyone was talking about it. The White Lives Matter banner, sporting banner, or by sports fans. The football itself, at that point, became the sideshow. 
and it was almost an afterthought in terms of what happened on the pitch. Now, with regards to the Black Lives Matter banner, and, and I'll say this and I'll say it again, um, I've seen a number of messages which I've, I've questioned the position, the, the mental position, I'll say mental, in terms of the thought process that some individuals have with regards to the Black Lives Matter cause and what it stands for and, and um, what it actually means. It means uh, to stand up against injustice and equality and to be treated fairly. And uh, that's what it really means. Uh, the act of flying a, a banner displaying the words white lives matter caused a huge debate and resulted in an immediate rebuttal from the Burnley captain. You know, and I applaud the Burnley captain's response and the statement that they made immediately. Uh, the captain's Ben Mee, he made it very clear and he stood with the Black Lives Matter cause and I thought that was very, very commendable. His actions immediately after the game uh, are another indication of the mood which has kind of uh, developed between teammates, which has developed between neighbours, uh, which has developed between work colleagues in the sporting world. Uh, Ben's comments indicate a move towards a long overdue conversation on how to bring about equality. Uh, about how to remove injustice, uh, about how to tackle the systematic racism which has undermined a section of the global society for far too long. Far too long. So when you see a banner flying across a stadium or above a stadium which says, White Lives Matter, this is the question that I ask myself and I will ask you to ask yourself this, this question. When did they never matter? Let's face it, I don't recall there being a point in history or my immediate history when white lives never mattered. When you consider what has been written across the pages of time, there are days set aside to celebrate or commemorate the white lives of those who have fallen throughout history. Some are regarded as saints, some are regarded as activists, and some are regarded as protesters. We know, we have days that are, you know, we know them as St. Patrick's Day, we know them as St. George's Day, we know them as VE Day, and, and for the protester, that's Guy Fawkes Day. We even actually sell small explosives for children so that they can practice what he didn't do well. There are days throughout history which celebrate white lives all the time. All the time. So when you see a banner, and this is the big story of the week for me, when you see a banner displaying white lives matter, which has flown before a Premier League game um, between two really big, well, Burnley and, and Manchester City, when, before a game, you can only see that as an attack against the, the what what the cause, the Black Lives Matter cause. It is a clear attack on those who speak up, um, who speak up against a system based on inequality and injustice. It is a clear attack on those who can no longer stomach the bullish and ambivalent manner of those in authority. It is a clear attack on those which, at the core of its aim, promote equality engagement and respect. The White Lives Matter banner did all of those things. Did all of those things. All of them. 
there is never a point, ever a point, where white lives have never mattered. They always matter, but the Black Lives Matter cause is one where it wants black lives in terms of the police, in terms of education, in terms of job promotion, in terms of um, um, training, in terms of you, every, every aspect, in terms of health, the inequalities in terms of just everything to be on par, to be even close to white lives. So if the sporting world and Burnley, who, whose players, like many of the other players, uh, before their, their first game, took the knee. And, and they did so very, very well because they understood what the cause was about. Much more than police treatment, much more than that. It is a bigger thing. So for those that don't understand, and this has kind of got me a little bit riled, in terms of the White Lives Matter banner, that's just a slap in the face for those who are white and have actually marched alongside black members of the society who have knelt next to their black teammates, who have actually embodied or tried to have a conversation about the issues and try to at least discuss it instead of flicking it away with total disregard. When black lives matter just as much as white lives, then it's just everyone will be much better for it. The world will be a better place. The sporting world, and this is around, this was around the game of football, how key that football can actually di dismiss the individuals who push those banners forward how easily they should and have done so to remove them from their, 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 their stands and ensure that they have no part in the conversation that comes ahead unless they are prepared to listen and actually have a fair and balanced conversation and be on board. The White Lives Matter banner before that game was a slap in the face. And I asked the question, when have white lives never mattered? They have always mattered. Black lives just need to matter as much. That's it. <sighs> away from Tuesday, so much, so much heat, so much attention. Away from Tuesday, we go to Wednesday, one of the big, 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 big stories. Was not necessarily something that was quite big. It was about the, the transition from sports to education. I noticed something in terms of a player that was once with a really big club, had decided this the football game was not for him and he would then go and carry on with his education. So when a footballer doesn't make the grade, there are many stories of them falling out of the game and you know the game didn't do enough. But this isn't the case for this player. Johnny Gorman, the article was in the Guardian newspaper, had played in the Manchester United Academy with the likes of Jesse Lingard and Ravel Morrison. And, you know, he was seen to be quite good and the Manchester United club wanted to keep him on and offer him 
the chance to continue with his studies. The, the problem with this for Johnny is that what they were offering was restricted in terms of what he wanted to do. He enjoyed football, but he was more akin to the world of academia. He wanted to study. He wanted to continue his learning to a really high level. And this is what he's actually gone on to do. He's now um, looking to go into the world of psychology. I believe he's a second year student, university student. And um, it says a lot that a, a player who, a young person, should I say, who was attached to a big club, doesn't stick around to see how things pan out for him. Uh, and what could have been, he could have been on the team sheet of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who knows, or Jose Mourinho, but he chose to continue studying his books and go on to basically write his own future. And going to university is a big, big thing for, for some young people, or any young person, should I say. So it's all, for me, it was a really interesting story to see. And uh, a player who basically had the world at his feet and could have stayed in Manchester United you know, did offer him the opportunity to stay on with the option of taking spe specific um, qualifications. But he wanted much more than they were offering. And I'm talking about the actual qualifications with regards to his education, not his footballing education, which is quite unusual to hear about but pleasing to read about. Uh, if you do want to find out more about the article in itself and about Johnny Gorman, uh, the article is from Playing Perlow to Psy Psychology and it's in The Guardian and it's basically the footballer who put education first and so much can be said about that. Uh, Johnny is 27 and he's currently at Bath University and uh, I believe he doesn't have any regrets whatsoever with regards to the decision that he's taken. It's refreshing um, to see that and he may go back into the game at, in, in some way or at some, some stage, but he believed that he wanted the very best for himself in terms of his education. I believe his parents are in education, they may be teachers or lecturers, so that may have had a lot to do with it uh, in terms of where his heart really lay. You can be a good footballer, you can be a good footballer, but you don't necessarily have to be a professional footballer. You can just, you can just enjoy it. Uh, moving away um, from the world of football, another story that jumped up and uh, took my attention was the lack of diversity again in a different sport, a sport that I've never really played. I never really uh, enjoyed it uh, to play it or, or to watch it but I, I know that it has had its moments where individuals say it's a fantastic sport especially when they're spending days at uh, the Oval or Lord's Cricket Ground but uh, from the world of female cricket the ex-England cricketer Ebony Rainford Brent says she is jealous about the minority representation in football you mean, what? Really? Uh, Ebony Rainford Brent was the first black woman to play cricket for England and is one of only four black and Asian and minority ethnic women to have done so. And this was quite some time ago. And I have a little spoiler. I know Ebony um, very, very well. We actually 
uh, grew up on the same street, would you believe it? She's quite a, a few years younger than me, but I do know her and her family very, very well. And she's a very passionate individual in regards to um, her sport. And uh, to play for your country in any sport, at any level, it is an honour. And uh, to be the first uh, black woman to do so is, is an absolute treat. But she is concerned uh, in terms of the lack of diversity and which comes alongside the whole Black Lives Matter in terms of lack of representation, the lack of access, the lack of opportunity. I don't need to say any more. So uh, as a director of uh, Surrey's Women's Cricket, she has launched a scholarship program to increase participation. And uh, that is going to develop very, very soon and continue. Uh, I'm not sure in terms of where it will go, but it's to look at how they can develop pipelines, avenues, access, uh, and, and, and an interesting and enticing program for young people from all over the, the BME, BAME, a community to get involved and play cricket, particularly women, particularly women. You know, there is a rise of female football uh, in, in this country and around the world. So, so her passion is cricket and it will be extremely interesting to see how that plays out. So this week on the Sunday show, the highlights, sports banners and trophies. The trophies belong to Liverpool. They have secured the Premier League after a long 30-year wait. Well-deserved to them. They've played some great football. They have been by far the best team this season. They were pretty close last season. Uh, so this season has come to an end. Will uh, the other chasing teams be able to catch them next season? Who will know? But it is all up for discussion. But in terms of right now, Liverpool... Um, can safely say that they have done very, very well. Their fans are happy. Uh, the only thing that we can say with regards to the fans who didn't really, who weren't even interested in social distancing and a very different response to fans uh, getting together and having a great time and causing fires and leaving litter to elsewhere in the UK. But uh, when you go to a sporting event, it's really important that you actually throw your rubbish away. The Japanese are able to do it. We should be able to do it. That's it for this week from the Sunday show. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed it. Please do follow, like, share and subscribe. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at on and off the PIT1. Also on YouTube as well. You can follow me at Rodney underscore Cyrus get involved and also one thing that i'm going to be opening up there will be super chat donations uh once i've sorted everything out who knows how it's going to work but please do like share and subscribe and i'll see you guys next week bye for now